audio is from Deering Christian Church. Join us Sunday mornings at either 9 or 10.30 a.m. Hey, I want to start this morning, before we even get into that. We already watched the little bumper there. Um, I probably turned the sound off on the computer, Tim. That's my fault. Tim already knows that. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Uh, before we even get started today, we are in the middle of a series called All In. All In. Trusting in the promises of God. Uh, maybe if there was another name for that, or maybe a smaller name, we might call it getting right with God. I want to read a couple of verses to you before we even get into that. The first one's out of John six forty four today. It says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. John twelve thirty two says, and I, when I am lifted up from earth, will draw all people to myself. So no matter what, you're, what, what you've heard or what you've thought coming in uh, to this time and this place together, understand those two things. No one come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me, Okay. God's not lost, we're lost. God's love, his compassion, his grace is drawing us back to him, okay? And then we get this promise that I, when I am lifted up from earth, will draw all people, who? Only certain ones? No, it says all people. He will draw all people to myself. That's good news, church. That's good news. Let's pray and let's get started. God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for what you do in our lives. God, thank you for your promises. Um, God, there are difficult things that happen around us every day. Uh, we look out at the world and we can just get lost in the news. We can just get lost some days even in the arguments as, as we get heated on the inside. God. We find ourselves, even as, as Christians and believers, on different sides of things. And it's just distension, God. But today, God, as we uh, open your word, as we look at your truths, as we search ourselves. God, let us take a look at our hearts. God, I pray that you soften our hearts. God, I'm thankful for the work that you do in our hearts. God, that you see us, that you have compassion on us, and that you draw us back to you, God. God, thank you for that invitation and that you have made it available for all. We love you. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. <clears throat> all right, um, so we're three weeks into the sermon series called All In. First week we took kind of, it was kind of a grim Sunday, if you remember, Jamie kind of started with that, that we're looking at the fall of man. Sin entered the world with choice of man, we don't have to look hard into ourselves to see uh, that sinfulness inside of us, okay? Uh, sometimes it's just as simple as just looking at self, looking at heart, and asking ourselves this question. Do I choose selfishness over God at times? Do I choose selfishness over God at times? There are all sorts of things that we can be selfish about. We know that scripture teaches that uh, yes, sin, are, sin is things that we aren't to do. And, or that, we're, that we aren't to do. And then we see also in scripture that sin are the things that God has asked us to do that we choose not to do. It is also even the good that he, is, that he is calling us to do that we don't do. That's still sin. Anytime that we resist the Holy Spirit, we resist its guidance, and we choose selfishness for many different reasons, even if it be fear, okay? 
We are called to live by faith. We are called to be a people who live by faith. And even fear can get in the way sometimes. We know that when we look at ourselves, that we've all sinned and fallen short of what God has asked of us. We know that. We see that in Scripture. But we know that if we look at our hearts. That's what I'm, I'm just going to ask you today, just to, just to look, at, look at heart. Look at heart. Just continue to take that look inside at heart for a moment. We're going to look at several pieces of Scripture here in just a moment. Last week we looked at the, the Old Covenant. Um, we're not going to get into that too much uh, this week. If you want to go and listen to that, if you weren't here, just go back and, and listen to some of that. And Jamie defines covenant, and he, he talks us through you know, several different Old Testament covenants. But, um, so we looked at this Old Covenant that God established with his people, the Israelites, to make things right so that they could once again be in a relationship with him. In the meantime, okay, in the meantime, this is where we find ourselves. The Israelites are struggling to have a serious commitment and that the Israelites are struggling to have a serious commitment and faithful issue to the Lord. Here's what's going on. There are false, false gods and pagan god worship continuing to creep into their hearts, to creep into their cities, and to creep into their camps. Scripture lays this out all over the place as well as even archaeologists find, as they're in their diggings, they find these statues, they find these, these altars, they find these temples that were in those camps that were to pagan gods. They have some commitment issues, if you will. They have some faithless issues. To see the scene... Uh, to set the scene for today, let me say uh, that it's not looking good for the home team, okay? It's not looking good for the home team. Now, I, I wore red today, okay? I wore red for a reason. Because m- m- my Sooners won yesterday, okay? <laughs> we're a long ways from Texas, guys. If you were rooting for the Longhorns, I don't, we're long, you, you are, you're a long way from home right now, okay? What a good game. I can get sick because I was mowing grass in the wind, and that's why I'm all like that, okay? But, uh, but I was following. I was following and seeing those updates, and I was like, man, what a game. What a game. Down to, like, I guess they're heading into overtime. And then this clutch run play comes out right at the end. Right at the end. No time. You know, it's over. It's over. It wasn't looking good for the home team for a while, though. At least that's what, that's what the score was indicating. It's not looking good for the home team here. It's not looking good for the home team. Read one commentator that said this. He said, if it's, it's as if the stone tablets that produced, that where the law was produced on, produced stony-like hearts amongst the Israelites. The Israelites had a heart issue. They had a heart issue. It's as if the stone tablets produced a stony hearts produced stony hearts amongst the Israelites. Heart issues. Let's just talk about heart issues for a moment. Now you can do, you know, I've worked with students for a while now, and nobody likes all the heart talk and stuff like that, you know. Let me tell you something. Uh, when it comes to when it comes to Kids, 
And, and if there's some parents in the room, if there's some grandparents in the room, you can tell real quick, okay? You can tell real quick with some behaviors and with some posture and with some attitude just where that heart is at, right? Like, you see it. You hear the response, and you know, like, something's wrong with that heart right now. I don't, I don't like it. Something's going on. Same thing's true with us, right? Fellas, I'm sure that some of us spent some time together at some point, and you even looked at me, and I said something or acted away, and you're like, dude. And the same thing as we spend time together, we notice those things like, man, a little heart issue right there, you know? A little cocked about that. A little hard about that. I don't know if you're really being loving there. I mean, Scripture defines love as love is patient. Yeah, patient, kind. And are we, do I have some heart issues there? Heart issues. Hard hearts lead to all kinds of difficulties, right? They lead to all kinds of difficulties, and all kinds of things can creep in and, and cause the heart to become hard. But at, the, but at the source of it, it's this. At the source of it, it's a hard heart due to selfishness. It's a hard heart due to I want what I want. That's what I want. I want what I want, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it how, how I think it should be done. <clears throat> so... Back to the meantime there. God is allowing the Babylonians to just ramshack the Israelites at this point. And, and, and Jerusalem. Jerusalem is about to fall. That's what's about to happen. Jerusalem is about to fall. Now, they didn't know that this would be possible. They just knew that things are getting difficult. It is not looking good for the home team. That's what's going on. It's not looking good for the home team. The real problem here is not the strength of the Babylonians, though. That's not the real problem. The real problem is the lack of faith and heart issues that the Israelites have. They have a commitment, they have some commitment issues, okay, if you will, with the Lord. They have some commitment issues. It's as if the Lord has married himself to his people through this covenant, but yet they are having commitment issues. Well, commitment issues in a marriage, we all know, that means that there's difficult circumstances going on, right? If there's faithful issues in a marriage, we know that there's Difficult things taking place. They've hardened their hearts to the Lord. <clears throat> At a time when hope was down and, and, and desperation was high, the Lord spoke through the prophet Jeremiah. And new hope. A new covenant. The heart issue would be addressed. <clears throat> Before Jerusalem fell, the Lord speaks through the prophet Jeremiah. We're going to look at verse 31. I am going to uh, read out of the New American Standard today. So Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, it says, Behold, days are, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like a covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand, and I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord, but this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and on their heart. I will write it 
and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. They will not teach again each man his neighbor and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. You got to know. Now, Jeremiah was also known, a.k.a. his alias was the weeping prophet, okay? Because he brought, because he's seen this destruction taking place. He's seen this fall taking place. And he was deeply sad. Deeply sad. But he prayerfully sought the Lord. And the Lord spoke to him. And, and as he presented this, as he presented this, he was over and over again beaten. He was over and over again locked up. He was over and over again rejected, but he continued to be faithful to the Lord. What he was actually bringing was hope in a time that there was not much hope. He was bringing a hope in a time where there wasn't much hope. Now, to go back there a couple of lines, it says, Verse 34, they will not teach again each man his neighbor and each man his brother, saying, know the Lord, for they will all know me. The Hebrew sense there of know, and the word that's being used, is is to indicate knowledge of relationship, not knowledge in head. Does that make sense? Knowledge in relationship, not knowledge in head. So, you know, if you're like, hey, do you know? Or, hey, do you know? Like, I don't know. Do you know the definition of this? Hey, do you know so-and-so? Okay, you see the difference there? To know. Indicate relationship with. That's going to be important for where we're going to go here in just a minute. Why might many say this is the most important piece in the whole, in the whole Testament? Why might so many pe- people feel that way? At this spot. Well, there's several things that just got unrolled right there in that text, right? Uh, we get a time. We get a time in the covenant. It says the time is coming in verse 31. We, we see who's making the covenant, right? In verse 31, the Lord. The Lord is making the covenant. We see uh, the name of the covenant, right? What's the name of the covenant? New in verse 31. We see the parties of the covenant, the house of Israel, the house of Judah. We see the contrast in covenant. This is not like the old covenant based on merit or works. But it is, that was non-fulfilling, that didn't give life. We see the nature of the covenant in 33 and 34. Law written on the heart which gives intimate knowledge of relationship with God. Forgiveness of sins and peace of heart. And peace of heart. So if, <clears throat> just for a moment, and we're going to get into this here in a couple of weeks. But just for a moment, um, search yourself, search your heart here for a second. And what comes to mind when I, when, when I would ask a question or when somebody would ask a question like this? How's your relationship with the Lord? How's your relationship with the Lord? Now, let me say it again. How's your relationship with the Lord? Now something came to mind. Okay? that's attached to your heart right now. And maybe you would say, it's in a very good place right now. 
maybe you'd say, meh. Maybe you'd say, yeah, I don't even, we need to talk about that. We need to talk about it. Or maybe it would say, I, you know what, I don't even know what you're talking about. Relationship with the Lord? I don't even know what you're talking about. But your heart's going to tell you something there. Your heart's going to, it's going to help you see that. For a moment, <clears throat> I got this really cool thing in my pocket today. I've been carrying it around all day. If it'll stay together here. Which pocket I put it in. Check it out. There was a time, okay, that most of you, the most of you here, okay, were very excited about this guy right here. That is a Motorola Razor, okay? And I'm willing to bet that there were a lot of you that were very excited because this was the jewel, okay? It was the jewel. Now, my youngins in the room, okay? I'm speaking like you're 25 and down. You, okay, there's been so many things come and go, okay? But this was special. This was special. And you didn't even get to touch it, okay? Because you just were always with screen in your hand, just touching the screen, you know? And we had buttons. And we had good cellular service. You could talk on this thing anywhere. And for some reason, you didn't ever have to plug it in. You could talk for 20 hours straight on this thing. This was special. But golly, when I, when I pick up this now, as cool as this was, there's just things that this does that this just doesn't do. And that's why Jagger's been playing with it in the yard and it's got dirt under the back. It looks like it literally looks like it's been in the mud. And it's just kind of a keepsake of something of the past. But I'm not I'm not carrying it around, I'm not talking about it too much anymore. Because this is just better. And we all know it, whether we like it or not. We know that we can get more done. We can get connected more. It doesn't matter. I don't, you know, I'm not going to dispute if you like the technology or not, but it's just where things are at. So if we were to play a game greater than, less than, phone edition, what's well, obviously not going to go to the razor. It had its special place at a time, but that's not where it's going to go. So what does all this mean to us? What's all this covenant talk about? Like, what, what do we do? So, okay, the Israelites, they're struggling. They're, they're worshiping false gods. They got commitment issues. They got faith issues. They're struggling to live with it. They're, they're living as an adulterous people, okay? The Lord has made a covenant with them. As, as a husband, he indicates in text there. And there's a, there, there's a faith issue going, oh, okay, okay, fine. So what does this have to do with me? What does this have to do with today and where we're at today? Well, I think it has everything to do um, with today because we, are, we need to remember that there is hope, okay, in desperation. That there is hope in desperation. Now, we all realize, okay, we all realize that there's going to be some suffering in all of our lives. There just is. There's going to be some suffering in all of our lives. And I, you know, participated in a, a funeral service this week that was gut-wrenching, okay? Gut-wrenching. I have never before ever stood in front of a, a young man and young woman and listened to the sound of them shovel dirt 
on top of the coffin of their infant. I have never heard that noise before. It was just a noise that I had never heard before. And it shook me inside because I hadn't yet heard that noise. And it did something. And here's the deal. All this is important because I have problems I can't solve, okay? Check this out. I have troubles that I can't tame. I have family that I need to provide for. I have habits that I'm not handling well. I have thoughts that I, for some reason, I don't keep captive. I have temptations that, that are sometimes out of control. I have challenges I can't contain. I have hurts that I, don't, that I can't handle. I have faults that for some reason I, I can't forgive. I can't forgive. I have sins I can't shake. I have behavior I can't beat. I have trials that I, I, don't, I can't seem to win. I have difficulties I can't dissolve. I have setbacks I can't stop. I have a mess that I can't manage. I have crises that I can't control. I have a marriage that's on the rocks. I have a child that seems to be lost. I have finances that are stuck. My mind is, is miserable because when I look around the world, it just seems so dark and so messed up. Things just don't seem right. There's times where my faith can be shaken and, and joy can just seem, God, I can't speak for you. I can't speak for you, okay? But for me, I reached a point where my life needed something new. For me, I reached a point where my life needed something new. But I quickly came to realize that I needed to become new. That I needed to become new. Mark Moore will say, and if you, if you watch the video, you'll see this. It's kind of an interesting thing. He said, a person can live for 30 days without food, three days without water, three minutes without oxygen, but not three seconds without hope. I don't know if that's true, and I don't know how it breaks down, but man... You delete hope, and you break down the human, the human person, the human soul pretty quickly when hope is omitted. Now fast forward, Matthew 3. New Covenant is launched into action here. Matthew 3, uh, verse 1 through 17, just going to read through the text. You follow along if you want. Um, now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make ready the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Now John himself had a garment of camel's hair. You've heard this story, I'm sure. And leather belt around his waist and his foot. And his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem was going out to, uh, then Jerusalem was going out to him in all Judea and all the district around the Jordan. And they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brought of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Therefore bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not suppose that you can say to yourself, We have Abraham. For our Father, for I say to you that from uh, these stones God is able to raise up children to Abraham. The axe is already laid at the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into a fire. As for me, I baptize with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I'm not 
and I'm not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will uh, thoroughly clear his threshing floor, and he will gather his wheat in his, into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with, the, with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, uh, Permit it at this time, for this is the way, for, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill righteousness. Then he permitted him. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open, and, saw, and he saw a spirit of God descending as a dove uh, and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. See, at this moment, this is the first time we see the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit all in the same place together, audibly calling from heaven to Jesus as Jesus is baptized. Did Jesus need to be baptized for the forgiveness of his sins? Jesus was perfect. But Jesus came to set the example in every way, in every way. He would later be tempted by Satan personally. And we see the Holy Spirit on the scene in the form of a dove. And Jesus' ministry is launched. And it's at this point that he becomes very aggressive. Very shortly after, you'll see the, the, the call and the cost of the disciples. The Israelites had a heart issue. The Israelites had a heart issue. My question is, do we ever have heart issues? Do we ever lack in the hope department? They, they seem to really struggle with two things, okay? It was the first two. That was the ones that got them. It was loving the Lord. It was the idols. That's what crept in. Those are the things that got them. Those are the things that attacked their, their commitment. See, They've seen other people doing things different ways and begin to buy in. And say, well, maybe that worked for that guy. Well, we'll try that too. You know, we'll build this thing and worship to it. We'll do this other thing on Sunday mornings. We'll change our priorities. Maybe we can get ahead if we, if we do this instead of this for a little while. You follow? Jesus reinstated them later. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. The first two. And here they are again. The first two. So where does this connect with us? So where does this connect with us? Well, Hebrews, Hebrews 8, 8 through 12 says... For finding fault with them, he says, Behold, days are coming, says the Lord, when I will uh, effect a new covenant with the house of, the Israel, of Israel and with the house 
of Judah. Not like the covenant which I have made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. For they did not continue in my covenant and I did not care for them, says the Lord. Well, that was tough right there, huh? For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After these days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds. I will write them on, I will write them on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 11. And they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen. And they shall not teach everyone his fellow citizen and everyone his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all will know me, from the least to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful in their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. That's good news. That is the good news, church. The new covenant is good news. It's good news. And we're going to talk about some assurance here in a couple of weeks. And so I'm not going to get off into that today. We're just going to keep this about, about the covenant. John 3, 14 says, As Moses lifted up the serpent, serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. You know this next part. You so know this next part. I don't even need to read this next part. You know this next part. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that only a select people. Let's just be, let's just be clear about a couple of things, okay? That whoever believes. You, you want to trace Israelite blood back? We are grafted into God's family. He is drawing us to him. He is drawing your heart and my heart to him, and you know it. You feel it in your heart. You know that. It's his love. It's compa- his compassion. It's not his law. The law seemed to harden the hearts. But it said he wrote his law on our hearts and you know it's there because it's drawing us to him it's drawing us to him but then there's choice then there's choice and Jamie spoke about that a little bit a couple weeks ago resist or submit resist or submit it doesn't change the drawing For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son. This is the judgment that the light has come into the world and man loved darkness rather than light. For their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Romans 10, 4 says, Christ is accumulation of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. He is drawing us to him. And you know, you feel it in, in you. That's what that is. 
when we experience, when we come face to face with his compassion, his grace, those things are all free. They require a response, but they're all completely free. There's nothing that we'll do to merit them. There's nothing, there's nothing that we do to earn them. Even the things that we'll say are essential, they're part of the process, but there's nothing we do to earn them, okay? We talk about believing, confessing, repenting, and being baptized often because they're all seen all throughout the New Testament as essential parts. Why would you not? Why would you, why would you not do those things? You want a relationship? You, you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart because he says, my truths are written on their hearts. I am drawing them back to me. But we choose just as much as we believe, just as much as we die to ourselves and surrender into the baptistry. We, we choose that. We choose that. We'll also choose if, if we're going to repent or not. We choose if we're going to repent. We choose if we're going to live by faith. And I'll tell you what, that's, what, that's the scariest thing that gets in the way of what we were talking about before the service. God, what do you want me to do? I'll do anything you want me to do, just like the $3 that I give Jagger that she sent her to the concession stand at the football game with. You get whatever you want, babe. Whatever I want, Dad, whatever you want. That was just the change that was in my pocket. But if that's how we prayed and that's how we seen God, spin me up. You do whatever you want to do with me in my life. Whatever you want to do. Spin me up however you see fit. I am yours. Well, that's a scary prayer. That is a very scary prayer. But that is living by faith. That is living by faith and then doing it. Because there'll be a moment there, nah, that's not the thing. You don't need to do that. You know, that don't make any sense. You don't need to do that. That's resisting the Holy Spirit. That's saying no. No, I know better. And as soon as we do that, we're buying into the pagan gods because there's a heart issue there. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. The new covenant is this. Let me just define it. That way it's, it's not so mysterious because it's very, very simple. new covenant is this. It is the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the new covenant. His blood was shed. One time. For all of the sin of mankind. And he was the only one that could do it. He was the only one that can do it. And the only way back to the Father is under that blood. And we receive that as a free gift. But we accept it by believing, by repenting, by living lives faithful to the Lord. Are we going to struggle with commitment issues? Yeah. Yeah, we are. But Jesus' sacrifice was perfect. And we repent, and we stay focused on the Lord. We receive the, in, the indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit somehow, some way, in that baptistry. That's when the Holy Spirit showed up on the scene. Em emptied out. Washed clean by the blood of Christ. We don't do anything. He does it. We don't get to put the Holy Spirit in us. He puts the Holy Spirit in us. He's drawing us to him. What will we do? parable of the wedding banquet 
probably one of my favorite parables. Now, there's two, there's two different versions. There's the Matthew version and the Mark version, okay? And I like one of them a little better than the other one. I'm going to tell you why. Because one of them talks about, and they, they went and he sent them into the city to gather the people. That was Matthew. I like the Luke one. And I usually like Matthew better. But in the, in the Luke one, I don't know why they're different. I don't know why. But he says, he sent them into the country. Okay? And he sent them into the country. The wedding banquet was set up. And there were certain guests that were supposed to show up. And in this parable that Jesus tells, the guests that were originally invited and then reminded, they knew they were invited, but then they were told, it's time. It's time. And the king, God, noticed, where are the people? Where are all the people? They knew what time this started. Where are they at? And he drew the servants together, and he said, go out in the country and invite everybody you know. Invite everybody you know into the banquet. Now, I'm not going to break down the rest of the parable, but go read it yourself. There's still a difficult thing there with the guy, you know, the guy that shows up with the wrong clothes. and Very, 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 very favorite parable. It's as if Jesus showed up on the scene looked at his people and said come on we're going home let's pray let's get ready for communion I I don't know that we can talk about communion anymore we've talked about it all day we've talked about it all day if that's the place you're in uh, I want to invite you to take communion here in just a moment if that's not the place you are you do not have a relationship with Jesus you have never taken a hold of that Uh, don't leave here why would you leave here without talking about this you are living outside of that Guys, there is hope. There's hope. But it's only through Jesus the Christ. It's only through him. That's where the hope lies. It's not in us. It's not in anything we can make. It's not in anything we can muster up. It's not in anything we can go out and just sweat a little harder for a while and get a hold of. It's only through Jesus Christ.